words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Everyone always gets slightly nervous when I have a chance to preach because they're not sure if I'm going to like do some weird science experiment or who knows what might happen, okay? So in this case, this is definitely very true because you know what? I believe God has called me to preach from Ephesians today. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. Oh, and no, wait, it gets better, because not only am I preaching from Ephesians, but my wife is here. <laughs> oh, oh, she was not here at the 8 o'clock, and so I was able to get away with all kinds of things. I'm kidding. I actually behaved pretty well. Okay, so let's talk about, um, well, let me tell you a joke, a terrible joke, an awful, awful, awful joke. So Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and he was talking with God, and the subject of Eve came up, and Adam said, okay, uh, God, I have a question. Um, this woman, Eve, that you gave me, she's really, really nice. God, why did you make her so nice? And God said, so you will like her. And Adam said, okay, that makes sense. Um, God, she's really beautiful. Why did you make her so beautiful? And God said, so you'll fall in love with her. And Adam said, okay, that makes sense too. But God... She's so stupid. Why'd you make her so stupid? And God said, so she'll fall in love with you. <laughs> yes, it's going to be that kind of sermon. I'm going to get into trouble today, okay? And we're just going to all get in trouble to, together because you know what? We love each other and we know God loves us and it's going to be all right. But I have some questions. Question number one is, why is marriage, I'm already in trouble, I love it, why is marriage so stupid hard? Why are women so weird? Why are men so frustrating? She's, my wife's like, yeah, uh-huh. And why? Why are men and women so different? Why are we different? Because think about it. If we were more similar in the ways that we view each other and the ways that we view the world, like, it would be easy. It would be a piece of cake. It would be so much simpler if we just thought and felt the same kinds of things in the same ways. Why didn't God make us more, like, like exactly the same? Why not? Why are we so stinking different? Even our non-romantic relationships would be so much easier if we like actually thought the same ways. But we don't. Men and women are not the same. God made us different before we fell into sin in Adam and Eve in the garden. So this was part of God's plan right from the beginning which also means that our differences are a part of God's plan and are incredibly important. So what in the world's going on? I mean, really, 
how can these sometimes super annoying and ridiculously difficult differences be such a big plan of God's, be a, such a big part of God's plan for us? And I believe that this comes down to that end, to the end of Ephesians 5, that last verse, where it says this. Nevertheless, each one of you must also love his own wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Why the difference? Why are women called to respect their husbands and husbands called to love their wives? I mean, as husbands, don't we need love? As wives, don't you all need respect? Why is this in the scripture? Why is this like God specifically speaking to us even today in today's culture? Why is God telling us this? I believe that the way that we're built, men and women need love and respect in different amounts. It's a little bit like women have a love tank. And when that love tank is filled, life is amazing. When it's not filled, it's not. I also believe that men have a respect tank. And when that respect tank is filled, life is awesome. And when it's not, then it's not. Let me give you some examples of this. Like if one of my boys who are over there wondering, oh, dad, how are you going to get out of this one? On, on, if one of them manages to fall and scrape his leg or knee or something uh, and, and he's kind of upset, guess who's the first one to jump up and say, oh, are you okay, honey? Let me get you a nice pack. Guess who's the first person? It's the mom. Um, who is more likely to, to be the person, ah, you're going to be fine, kid. Don't worry about it. Okay? All right? That is love. Not that I don't love my children because they know I do. I tell them multiple times every day. But, like, it's, it's, a, it's different. It's different. Uh, how about this? Uh, when, uh, when my family was living in Mauritius, we were heading to a party, and uh, it was in an apartment complex. And as we're walking down the sidewalk, uh, I noticed this, this uh, fairly buff guy on a, carrying three big chairs, at least as big as the ones that you're sitting on right now. And so he's like kind of carrying them, like, like big and burly and just sort of like walking with the chairs. And uh, I went up to him and I said, hey, dude, I know you got it, but if you want, I'd be happy to carry one of those chairs for you. And so he kind of stopped, put the chairs down, handed me one, and I was like, Cool, okay, and so we ended up at the same party, unbeknownst to me, so it actually was kind of nifty how it all turned out. But imagine for a moment, guys, gentlemen in this room, imagine for a moment if I had walked up to him and I said instead, dude, are you crazy? You can't carry three at the same time. Give me one of those. Are you nuts? What in the world? How do you think that would have went? How do you think that would have went? Okay? Well, first of all, I never would have done that because he was really big and burly, so I might have got beat up. But still, still, like, at the very least, I doubt that he would have actually accepted any help from me. But secondly, it would have definitely impacted any future relationship that he and I would have had. 
I've found that love is just naturally understood and needed by women, but also respect is naturally needed and understood by men. Think about this. Perhaps you've actually watched this happen in your own <laughs> in your own lives. On um, so uh, let let's say that you do, gentlemen. Let's say that you do something that could be construed as unloving. Okay, I'm sure that never happens. It never happens. Let, let's let's imagine for a moment you've done something that could be thought of as unloving, and so then your wife or significant other then responds probably with something that feels pretty disrespectful, which means that probably you do something even more unloving or say something even more unloving, which means then that, that, that your, your significant other says something that's even more disrespectful. And there's this crazy spiral that keeps going down and down and down until like <laughs> World War III or something terrible happens, okay? Because we're, in one way or another, we're not talking the language that the other person understands and needs. Nevertheless, each one of you must also love his own wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I believe firmly that God is still speaking us today, even in the midst of the culture that we have right now. Because we need to also consider the love and the respect that God gives us. We know the definition of love. It's right there in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not self-seeking keeps no record of wrongs. We know what love is from that. But also then consider from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where he says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We did not deserve love, and yet God gave us the greatest gift, the most loved imaginable. God loves us, and we talk about that practically every Sunday in one way or another. But how about respect? How does God respect us? Because he does. We were made in God's image. How does that respect actually work itself out? That's found in our passage from Joshua this morning. Do you remember what it said? And if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you shall serve. That's God speaking to his people. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. How incredibly respectful is it that God gives us the right to choose. He gives us the ability to choose. Even when he knows that we're going to choose against him so many times, time and time and time again, even though it hurts his heart, he still respects us to choose not just for him, but also to choose against him. That is respect. He, and he also has faith in us, even when we don't have faith in ourselves. So many times when I'm thinking, my goodness, what am I doing up here preaching? I don't belong here. 
God, don't you actually know? And yet God calls me into this time and time again. God respects us. Think about it also from the perspective of a parent. Now, when you have a two-year-old, of course, you're kind of managing every moment of their life pretty much. But as the kids, as your children get older and older and they get more and more mature, then they are more and more able to make their own choices. That's part of good parenting is you're actually both handing over responsibility even as you're guiding their heart so that they can make those good choices, those good decisions. God has that relationship with us as well where he is constantly, consistently, unceasingly working to actually transform us to be more and more like his son, Jesus. And he respects us to actually do that, uh, to take that walk, to make those right decisions. Now, consider this for a moment. Wives, do you Expect love from your husband, even if you don't completely deserve it. Let me say that again. Wives, do you expect your husbands to love you, even if you don't completely deserve it? Oh, yeah. So then let's reverse that for a moment, which might sound weird, but I want you to think about it. Husbands. Do you expect your wives to respect you even if you don't completely deserve it? Because you do. Every single person on this planet is worthy of respect. Why? Because we've all been created in the image of God. Everybody. We all deserve respect. Maybe our actions don't. Maybe our, maybe our attitudes don't deserve respect. But we ourselves, as human beings, all of us are worthy of love. And we're all worthy of respect. Because that's who and how we were created to be. Now, let me show a graph to you. I, I know some of you are thinking this is going to be terrible. I can feel it already. Those of you who especially hate math, you are already tuning out. You're already thinking, oh, goodness, what am I going to have for lunch? Don't do it. Don't do it. This is actually really cool if you can stick with me for just a minute. Uh, by the way, it was really fun. There was a, uh, one of the husbands, as he was leaving, uh, he shook my hand uh, after the 8 o'clock service, and he was like, you know what? I really liked your graph because there were boxes. And I was like, well, yeah, there's boxes. <laughs> Okay, uh, so here we go. Let me explain what's going on. As you work your way up in the graph, that is showing more and more love. As you work your way down in the graph, you're showing less and less love. As you're working your way to the right, you're showing more and more respect. As you're working your way left, you're showing less, less and less respect. So then uh, all the way over here in the middle, uh, with sort of a neutral amount of love and extremely little respect, you find a rude cab driver. A 
okay? Yes, they're going to get you to your destination, but you're not going to enjoy it, okay? Um, it, on the other end of that spectrum, all the way over on the right-hand side, and by the way, I'm doing this amazing flip in my head to make sure I'm personally pointing in the right direction, even though it's, wow, I can't believe I can do that. Anyway, on that side of the graph, where you see military, where it's sort of a neutral amount of love in a sense, but, um, it, but there's absolute loyalty over there, okay? Um, but if you have tons of respect, but no love, then that's generating fear. Um, if it's sort of a neutral amount of respect, but there's basically no love there, then that's neglect. And the worst part of the graph where you really don't want to be is the lower left-hand side. That's where there's no love and there's no respect. And that's where abuse happens. Okay? Um, now, you say, well, what's wrong if I just love a ton but I don't respect so much? Well, there, then sometimes that becomes micromanagement. Make sense so far? Are you with me? Ish? Healthy marriages live in that upper right-hand corner where there is love and there is respect. And that's where health is. And when you have the maximum amount possible, that's heaven. So to take this and apply it with think about some of the relationships that you have that are most important in your life right now. Please put that graph back up, sorry. How can we move them further up and further right? What are ways in which we can actually show and demonstrate more love and how are some ways that we can show and demonstrate more respect? A lot of this happens right at the right from the very beginning. Parents, I'm talking to the parents here in the room. We have such an incredible responsibility to teach our children how to love and how to respect. when I was, um, yeah, I'll tell this story. Back when I was camping, uh, I was in Boy Scouts back when I was a kid. And uh, I had been on probably about four or five camping trips by, by that point in time. And uh, my mom actually just reminded me of this story maybe, I don't know, uh, just a month ago or so. And uh, apparently, uh, back when I was a kid, 11, 12 years old, I was getting ready for my next camping trip in Delaware in the winter, and I had a list of all the things that I needed, and I was getting them all together, and my mom was in the room. Actually, she's watching right now, and she's like, oh, yes, I remember, because I just reminded you of the story. She, she likes to watch online. Hi, mom. Um, anyway, and she's like, uh, and so she was saying, um, all right, make sure you have this, son. Make sure you have that, son. Make sure you get this together and that together. And I finally turned to her, and I respectfully said, Mom, if I forget something, I'll figure it out. I'll work it out. It's okay. And that actually was a change in our relationship, a good one. That's something we want to actually bring our children towards, is where we can actually respect them more and more for the individuals that they are. Uh, let's see. So, men, how do we show love to our wives. 
perhaps, we need to spend and sacrifice. So we need to spend time. We need to give generous gifts. We need to encourage. Uh, maybe show commitment. Communicate. 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 <laughs> Find out. I'm going to pay for this later, I know, because my wife loves to dance and I'm not a fan. Find out what your wife loves to do and do that. Yes, I'm in trouble. It's okay. I'll survive. Find out whatever that is and do that. And also, find out what your wife cares about and care about that. Show, we need to show love to our wives, okay? And on the, okay, so then these are also things we can do with God. Think about this. Like, how, how is it similar with Christ and the church? The love that we can show God. Consider, we can give time in prayer, spend time with God. We can tithe. We can be committed. We can care about the things that God cares about. When we do these things, we get to watch our relationship with God flourish and blossom like never before. Now, women, <laughs> how might you, I, I'm very careful about using the word you in sermons, by the way, but since I'm not a wife, I have to use the word you, sorry. But women, how might you show respect to your husbands? I'm sorry? <laughs> Change the tire. No, no. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, compliment. Praise. Trust. You believe the best of them. You sometimes watch them work. Like if your husband is there in the garage and he's like fiddling with something, like bring a stool or something so he can be at least reasonably comfortable. And just for like five or ten minutes, just sit with him. Don't say anything. Just be there and just watch him. And like once in a while he'll like look at you and you'll be like, just seriously, just try it. You will watch your husband light up like a light bulb. It'll be, it'll be fun. Um, you appreciate, you encourage. And even though this is incredibly, ridiculously hard, you let them lead. And you let them know that you're letting them lead. There's such power in saying, you know what, honey? Whatever your decision is, I trust that it will be the right one. You guys are really quiet. This is really interesting. <laughs> okay. Do, do, do you see kind of like, so, so men, do, can you nod at me and be like, yeah, that would be really cool. Amen, okay. Uh, women, when, I talk about, when I'm talking about like showing love, like, is that like how that how it would resonate with you as well? Yes. My wife is never mind. I'm trying not to look at her because Yeah. Okay. Um, so then think about this. Showing respect to God. How then do we turn this and
like in the same ways that we might show respect to a spouse, how do we show respect to the Lord? So you know what? We compliment God. We praise God. We trust God. We believe the best of God, even when the worst things are happening, because we know that there's more than what we see. We appreciate God. We let God lead. We let God lead. When we do these things, we find ourselves in the center of the kingdom of God and watching the kingdom of God flourish and blossom. So if we're missing either love or respect in our relationship with God, then it's a little bit like trying to run a marathon with just one leg. Maybe you can do it, maybe you can finish, but it's not going to be pretty for anybody. On, I have another graph. Yes, I know, but I have another graph. So this is then applying this idea of more love, less love, uh, more respect, less respect to our relationship with God. So if we're sort of neutral in our respect, but we don't, are, we're not really having like any actual love relationship with God, that's a little bit like neglect, sort of like a Christian, I'm sorry, a Christmas and Easter Christian, someone who shows up twice a year. Uh, I've also seen this in some where there's plenty of respect, but there's no love at all. And when you're in that quadrant, you're living in fear of God's wrath. That's, ah, uh, that, when we love God, then perfect love drives out fear. Um, it, of course, if we have no love and no respect, then we're an enemy of Christ. Um, if we have neutral love and less respect, then we're a rude cab driver. I couldn't figure out one to put in there, so I just kept the same thing. If you have any ideas, then by all means, please, please. Um, if we have tons of love, but relatively little respect, then that's sort of like the buddy Jesus syndrome. I don't know if you've ever seen this lovely painting of this Jesus, like with kind of the sacred heart, but where he's going kind of like that. Have you seen that picture anywhere? Uh, if, you, if you search it on the internet, you'll find it. Uh, Jesus is not our buddy. He's our friend, but he's not our buddy. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and perfecter of life. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's not just, he's not a buddy. We need to be respecting our Lord and Savior, okay? Uh, and so a typical healthy Christian, though, is showing both love and respect, reverence to God. And the more love and the more respect we have, then the stronger and the better our relationship is. So then, in terms of applying this to your life, where would you put yourself on this graph in your relationship with God right now? And how can we move it up? And how can we move it to the right? Because here's the bottom line. God is not our grandfather. You know how grandfathers work. 
like you bring your children over to your grandfather and you turn them over and the grandfather like lets them do almost anything because he wants to be liked. Okay, God is not our grandfather. He's our father. It's a much different relationship. Now I know not all grandfathers are like that. I know. But many are. Uh, he wants our absolute love. And he wants our absolute respect. He's training us. He's helping us. He's drawing us to both by having made us male and female. Because here's the thing. Like, it would be relatively easy to be lax on one or the other, on love or respect. But because he puts us in these relationships with each other, then we challenge each other to deeper love. Men, we're being challenged to deeper love. And women, you're being challenged to deeper respect. And the way that we actually then rub on each other then draws us closer to the heart of God. That's why we're made different. And it's a beautiful thing. Even if, even if it's sometimes frustrating, it's still beautiful. God has a plan for every single person here. And it's through how you were made. May God bring us all closer to his heart through both love and respect. Amen.